0: If you've been tuning into our New Year's series, you know we're talking about making the best version of you. And in our sleep episode last week, we talked about how important sleep was for immunity.
1: Yes, we did. Sleep is so important to so many aspects of our overall health. But one of the things that stood out the most to me was how it impacts our immune system, which is wild. Yes.
0: And, you know, over the past couple of years, I feel like the I word immunity has been everywhere.
1: Yes. But do we really know what it is? No. <laughs> we don't. It's clear. I've seen the <laughs> tweets, okay? We're flinging that word around as if it means a thousand different things, but I know that it means something very specific. Well, you're in luck. That's what we're talking about all this lab. Let's get into it. I'm TT and I'm Zakia and from Spotify, this is Dope Labs. Ooh. Welcome to Dope Labs, a weekly podcast that mixes hardcore science, pop culture, and a healthy dose of friendship. This week, we're talking all about the immune system. Specifically, we really wanted to know more about how it works and what we can do to make it stronger.
0: Yes, it's peak cold and flu season, and I've seen a lot of you sharing elderberry syrup, ginger, lemon, emergency... All of that on your IG stories. You're telling us all about your immune system hacks and boosters, so this lab is really for you. We're going to get into what the immune system is and how it works. So let's get into the recitation.
1: So before we say, what do we know? What I know and what Zakia knows is two very different things. (laughs) 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 To be clear, I... Feel like i know next to nothing about the immune system and how it works i feel like i know very very basic things that i think most people know like your immune system is important and having a good immune system will help you but that's kind of where it stops for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's okay because i'm gonna help you ask some other questions like where exactly is the immune system in the body how does it work what happens if it's not working or if it's overworking what's going on there and then i think the question we both have tt is about all the hacks we see about strengthening and boosting yes. and enhancing the immune system
1: yes some of it just seems like made up stuff like it's like who told you that who told you that <laughs> like oh chew on your big toenail for 3 minutes and then spit it out and spin around Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't chew on it, but if you do happen to chew (laughs) on it, definitely spit it out. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That makes me feel like we are ready for the dissection. You ready, TT? I'm
1: ready. Hold my hand, friend.
0: Our guest for today's lab is Dr. Payel Gupta.
2: My name is Dr. Payal Gupta. I am an adult and pediatric allergy and asthma specialist and also an immunologist. And I live and work in New York
1: City. Okay, for me, let's start with the basics. What is the immune system?
2: Our immune system is our body's way
1: of protecting us from
2: foreign invaders. And what I mean by foreign invaders are things like viruses, like bacteria, like fungi, and even cancers.
1: Okay, so these are all the things we definitely don't want in our bodies. So if we zoom out, we can think about the
0: body as this single tube from the mouth to the booty, basically. And your skin is wrapping all of that and keeping everything in a closed system. So your skin is like your protective barrier,
1: right? Our skin is a physical barrier to those foreign invaders and particles. You know, you got to stay moisturized. You got to put lotion on those elbows. Yes. Moisturized skin is soft and supple and plump, but not moisturized skin or dry skin cracks and bleeds and things like that. All right we have our protective barrier of skin
0: protecting everything inside. If anything penetrates that barrier, it's then facing our immune system. And the immune system can be split into two parts, the innate immune system and the adaptive or acquired immune system.
1: So innate being the immune system that you are born with. Yes.
0: And that's not unique to us. So if we look at it, all animals have an innate immune system and so do plants.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I need to treat my snake plant better. There is currently <laughs> three leaves sitting on the floor. <laughs> OK, so there's our skin, which provides a physical barrier. Then there's the innate and acquired immune systems. So let's talk about the innate immune system first.
2: And so then innate Immune system is our first line of defense, and this line of defense, or this army, reacts to fight infection quickly.
0: The innate immune system is nonspecific, so it just says, invader, respond, right? It doesn't know who you are, it just knows that it's
1: not right. That's like your house security system. When you come in the door, it's like, hey, I don't know who you are. Beep, beep. You may be the owner, you might not be. Yes. But you better put in the security code, or there's going to be some problems. yes.
0: You know, so let's say that system is not very specific. It's just a strong first response. Our second line of defense is the acquired immune system. So if we were to compare these things, the innate immune system is not specific. Acquired is specific. The innate immune system is permanent and the response is immediate. For the acquired immune system is transient. It's not always permanent and the response is not immediate, but it is specific and is coming right for you. It's right on time.
1: So the acquired immune system is something that your body builds over time and that's based off of socio physical factors? That's a really good question. You
0: begin building your acquired immune system from being a fetus, right? Across the placenta, the mom is giving you some immunity right there.
2: Thanks, mommy. (laughs) When a baby is first born, they're not ready to fight every infection. They are fragile and our immune systems when we're born aren't where we want them to be.
0: Then even thinking about what happens as soon as you're born. You have been inside this other closed system, so you don't have any bacteria. You know how we talk about the microbiome on the skin Mm -hmm. and how we talk about the bacteria that's part of our personal environment. You acquire that as you pass through the birthing canal. Mm. Or if you are delivered by C-section, you acquire that from that delivery process. And then, you know, that skin-to-skin contact with mom. At that point, you are being colonized with bacteria and other microorganisms right then. And those things are all over your skin, colonizing the body. So that's what's helping you specifically, TT, when you're eating all that crazy food and helping (laughs) you not get sick.
1: (laughs) Those bacteria in your gut, you acquire that stuff from birth. So your adaptive immune system starts developing from the jump, through the birth canal, skin to skin. All those germs getting into your tiny baby body are what your body needs to adapt to the outside world. And so when you think about when... A baby,
0: TT, is always sick. You know, like you've seen your mm-hmm. nieces and nephew with those runny noses. Yes, that is them being exposed to these foreign particles and pathogens, and their immune systems are beginning to recognize these things and Mm. getting smarter. So that's
1: why kids get so sick when they first go to like preschool or to Mm -hmm. daycare. Because their bodies are being introduced to new bacteria that they've never seen before. Bacteria,
0: viruses, all of that. Mm -hmm. And that is how you develop that learned or acquired immunity.
1: So then when you get to a big age, like our age, we've seen a lot of the things that were in the nursery already. So our bodies are better equipped to fight it.
0: Yes. And you may be able to clear those things really quickly. So a cold that may have your little toddler cousin with a runny nose for a week, you may have the sniffles for like one day and you're good. You're ready to bounce back and keep it moving.
2: And then as we get older, we get exposed to the environment, which also exposes our body to foreign particles, foreign substances. And our body starts to recognize what is normal, what is abnormal. And then the immune system slowly starts to grow.
1: So our immune system generally peaks between puberty and young adulthood and starts to decline around the age of 60.
2: That's why older individuals, we have to be extra careful, just like we are with babies, because they are more susceptible
0: to infection. We talked about this in our Protect Your Neck episode. Really young babies and infants, so under six or seven months can't get a flu shot. So everybody around them gets a flu shot to kind of cocoon them and to keep themselves from passing something on to the baby. Similarly, older adults, so over 65, they also have a weak immune system, but their immune system can handle a little bit more than an infant can. So Mm -hmm. what we find is that if you think about a flu shot, if you were under five years old, we can say just have like one dose compared to if you're an adult of great health and you're not immunocompromised in any way, you would have what we consider maybe two times the dose. But for people who are over 65, the amount of flu vaccine they're receiving is considered three times the dose of what a kid would get, right? Because Mm -hmm. a kid needs much less prompting. Their immune systems are so robust. It's like, got it. Mm -hmm. Like if you were trying to do a TikTok, I'm going to need a little bit more time to get my TikTok together than (laughs) somebody who's 12, right? They're native to that system. They know what to do. It's just like a learning curve for your immune system as you get older.
1: So now we know what the immune system is. We know that there's some that is innate, so that stuff that you're born with. And then we know that there's some aspects of our immune system that we acquire over time based on exposure. But where is all of this happening? Is there like an immune system organ? Is it near my pancreas? (laughs) It's one of the only only organs I remember from biology class.
0: Pancreas, kidney.
1: (laughs) You're doing good. You're doing good. Stomach. (laughs)
0: well basically it's all over it's not in any one place Mm. so in your bones and i'm not just talking about one bone all your bones inside there's bone marrow which is this like spongy kind of stuff that is the place where lymphocytes are made Mm. lymphocytes are also maturing in the thymus which is if you think about like where your neck is that butterfly organ over your neck that's your thyroid comes straight down Mm -hmm. between your lungs and your chest that's mm-hmm. the thymus. And cells that are part of the immune system are maturing right in there. You also have like your lymph nodes, which are kind of like under your arms if you've ever gotten sick and felt like sore under your arms or right there under your jawline a little bit. Mm,
1: yeah. There's
0: even lymph nodes right in the groin area too. Other areas are like the spleen and even your tonsils. Mm. I just think of that as like the battleground for our immune system. Really? Our tonsils,
1: our spleen. What was the other one? The lymph nodes. Lymph nodes, spleen. Okay. Okay. You're getting it. I'm following, I'm following. (laughs)
2: Some of the fighters in this army are things like macrophages, basophils, dendritic cells, or neutrophils. So these are all fancy names for cells in our body that do different things to get rid of the bacteria or viruses or other foreign invaders. Macrophages are kind of like these big cells that kind of engulf whatever foreign particle they see. The chemicals inside of the macrophage just eat up whatever they see. And so that's kind of what a macrophage does. Neutrophils are kind of in a similar way doing that same thing.
0: Those cell types, neutrophils, basophils, mast cells, dendritic cells, those are all part of our innate immune system. And so, TT, like you mentioned, if things slip past our innate immune system, they move on to our second line of defense, which is our acquired immune system.
1: The acquired immune system uses lymphocytes. So those are cells that circulate in the blood and are made up of T cells and B cells to target specific pathogens. These cells take longer to develop because their behaviors
2: evolve from learned experiences, but they tend to live longer than innate cells. And the adaptive immune cells remember foreign invaders after their first encounter, and then fight them off the next time more easily. And so this is really the fundamental concept and premise for how vaccines work, for example.
0: Yes. Remember in the HIV episodes with Dr. Christine Daniels, we talked about creating that mugshot. And so your right. immune system is like, I already know who you are and I know what to do. Uh huh. That's basically
1: what we're doing when we expose our bodies to vaccines, speeding up that learning process. So now that we understand how the immune system works, What are some signs we can look for to know that it's working?
0: One of the most common misconceptions is that if you get quote unquote sick, so like if your nose is running or if you are achy or if you have a fever, that your immune system isn't working. But that's actually a sign that it is. Let's take lymph nodes, for example.
2: Lymph nodes are tissues that are found all over our bodies, and lymph nodes produce white blood cells, and white blood cells help fight off infection.
1: Lymph nodes can be found underneath our neck, under our arms, near our groin, and literally all over. When we actually get sick,
2: then our lymph nodes go into action. And that's when they get inflamed. And that's when they get bigger. That's evidence that your body is doing something to fight off infection.
0: And so when we think about people's response to the COVID vaccine and boosters, or Mm -hmm. even the flu shot, sore arms, fatigue, all of that is just a sign that your immune
1: system is working. You know, the flu shot makes me hurl. Every time mm. I get it. I didn't know that. Girl, it happened at your house in North Carolina.
0: <laughs> oh, the flu shot did that to you? Yes. I thought you just had a oh. a different kind of response. Let me paint the picture for
1: you. <laughs> okay. I was at Zakiya's parents' house. Oh, at my parents' house. Yes. <laughs> we were hitting golf balls with her dad. And I had just gotten a flu shot like two days before. It was my very first flu shot, so I didn't know nothing was going to happen to me. He put lamb on the grill. We was eating mm-hmm. good, okay? Hitting golf balls. Her dad is launching those golf balls into the stratosphere. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, something is not right. I start to feel lightheaded. And then I say, I'm about to throw up. I run to the bathroom. Mm. I felt awful because we had so much good food that I was like, I really hope he doesn't think it was his food because I know it's not his food. I don't know what's wrong with me. But then I was like, I have to go home. And so I drove back to Durham and then proceeded Mm. to vomit my life away for the next two days. And does this happen every time you get a flu shot? Not that extreme. Mm -hmm. So that was my very first flu shot. So it makes sense based on what you and Dr. Gupta have been saying about Mm -hmm. the immune system. My first experience with the flu shot, I had a really... Strong reaction because my body's like, okay, what is this? How do we get rid of this? What is this? This is something new that we've never seen before. But now, every time I get the flu shot since then, I'll get super nauseous. Sometimes I'll throw up. But the last time I got it, I just felt a little queasy. And so Mm -hmm. I'm guessing this immune system is doing what it's supposed to do. It's giving what it's supposed to give. Yeah.
2: And if you don't have those symptoms, if you don't have that achiness or you didn't really get sick, it doesn't mean their immune system wasn't working. It just means that you can feel your immune system working more than maybe somebody else.
0: Another example of the immune system working, baby, Mm. you've seen me suffer from this, is allergies. That's our immune system overreacting.
1: Listen, I have allergies, but I have never seen someone suffer like my
0: friend, (laughs) okay? You don't want to be outside with me without a Zyrtec and a Flonase spray into each (laughs) nostril.
1: I've got to get my friend inside. She is perishing every time.
2: Our immune system all of a sudden looks at a dog protein or a cat protein or, you know, dust mite, and all of a sudden thinks that this is something that I need to react against, when in fact, it's not something that you need to react against. So it isn't like the tree because tree protein is actually good. It's good for our environment. We need more of it. But it's that when our body sees it, it's reacting in an abnormal way and causing a ripple effect of all these chemicals being released. And those chemicals are what cause the damage and the inflammation and all the symptoms that we experience.
0: So when we think about how people are treating their allergies. A lot of people are taking antihistamines and things like this, and what they're doing is actually dampening their immune system. They're turning that reaction down so that they're not getting so much of the runny nose and the inflammation. Histamines are chemicals involved in our immune system, and if you take Benadryl or something like that for allergies you'll see the term antihistamine. And what that's doing is, you can think of it as kind of sequestering those histamines away so you don't get those responses like the runny nose and the itchy eyes and the inflammation that's associated with our immune systems overreacting to these allergens, right? So you're basically saying, hey... Take it easy. All right.
1: It's holding your immune system back. Hold me back. Hold me back.
0: Yes, that's exactly what it's like. And the nice thing is that it's specific to the allergens. So it doesn't mean that your immune system is impaired from protecting you against other things. Mm -hmm. So that's really nice to have that kind of specific targeting for allergies.
1: Okay, so let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk all about what happens when the immune system doesn't work and what we can do to strengthen our immune system.
0: We're back, and we're talking about the immune system with Dr. Payal Gupta. Now that we have a better understanding of what the immune system does and how it works, what happens if it's
1: not working? So what we've learned is that there are some immune system disorders, and they mostly have to do with the immune system operating out of balance, either underreacting or overreacting to a foreign invader. When the immune system is underreacting, it's called an immune deficiency. So an immune deficiency is when our body isn't reacting to
2: viruses, bacteria, fungi, and it can be from the cells, you know, all of these different cells from a part of those cells not working properly or that there aren't enough of those cells to help fight infection. So it can be either the function or it can be the amount.
0: An immune deficiency can be primary, which means it was inherited at birth, or secondary, which means it's not an innate disorder, but something that is secondary to another condition, such as cancer or AIDS, which stands for Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. And those immune deficiencies can range in severity and treatment.
2: So in those situations, you know, those patients need extra boosters. They need more antibiotics. They need stronger antibiotics than other people. If it's a severe immune deficiency, we sometimes have to actually replace the bone marrow and that the more severe ones will show up at birth. And so we actually have a screening system to kind of find those immune deficiencies very quickly when a baby is born so that we can help protect them and take care of them and make sure that they don't get that first infection that could lead to unfortunate circumstances.
1: So then what about the other side of the coin when our immune system is overreactive?
2: And then the overactive immune system is, you know, things like autoimmune diseases. So, you know, where uh, like thyroid dysfunction, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, things like that, where our immune system might be acting against us. Then we get other issues where a lot of inflammation, a lot of the things that we use to fight infection in turn then causes problems in our body.
1: So some parts of our immune system we cannot change because it's just what we're born with and so there's not much we can do to fix it. But there are aspects of our lives that do affect our immune system that we have some control over, like sleep. And we just finished talking about sleep in the last two labs. And what we know about sleep is that it is not created equal. There are some of us who have the privilege of being able to get eight hours of deep sleep, but there are other people who don't because of where they live, their job schedules, or anything in between. But definitely for the immune system,
2: we know that during sleep, we're actually producing certain cytokines that we need in order to fight infection. So cytokines are essentially just chemicals that then call other players into action.
0: If we don't produce those cytokines, we're susceptible to all types of attacks on our immune system. So like you said, T.T., yes, sleep is key for a healthy immune system. But what are some of the other things you've seen people doing to increase their immune
1: health? Oh, my goodness. So many things. I think you mentioned it. Elderberry, which I had never heard of (laughs) right before COVID, right? Before COVID, I'd never heard of Elderberry, but now everybody is you know, injecting into their veins.
0: The other thing that I remember being big was
1: celery juice. Do you remember when everybody was drinking all that celery juice? Yes. And everybody is me. I was drinking celery juice for a little bit. I didn't know that. And it's disgusting. That's why. I was adding it into my juices that I was making at the time that had apple, cucumber, ginger, and things like that. And I was like, oh, celery. And I put the (laughs) celery in the thing. Celery. Let me tell you, you'll know if there's celery in that juice that you're drinking because it turns it to something pungent. You'll know. If it's gross, look at the ingredients. There's celery in it.
0: When you think about those things, celery feels like the tuba. Like you're playing a beautiful (laughs) symphony with your juices. And if you put celery in there, it's like coming in like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes. It's not right. But I wonder, like, when I think about immune health and all of these things, the stomach and the acids in our stomach, they're destroying things that we put in there. So is that really working? Can we eat our way to better immune
2: health? But as far as nutrition goes and diet and the immune system in general, having a healthy diet is going to allow you to have a healthy immune system and a healthy body. So I'll take, like, for example, vitamin C. Our bodies don't make vitamin C, right? But we need it for our immune system. And we get vitamin C from our diet. And usually it's from citrus fruits, strawberries, green vegetables, tomatoes. And the recommended dietary allowance for men is 90 milligrams per day. And for women, it's 75 milligrams per day. That's pretty easy to get. If you have a pretty well-balanced diet, you don't have to work very hard to get it.
1: But if you weren't eating any of those things,
0: then... Mm, I'm not saying anybody on this line is not eating those things, but some people might not be.
1: I do take a vitamin C pill. <laughs> well, that's a good point. You
0: are taking a supplement. No, I need so to- does that make a no. difference? <laughs> You know, according to Harvard
2: Health, the data on vitamin C is that it's only marginally beneficial when it comes to things like the common cold. And when you see something like that, where it says it's only marginally beneficial, that means that more than likely taking large amounts of vitamin C is, maybe going to help you a little bit, but maybe
1: not. So Dr. Gupta is saying that at least for something like vitamin C, focusing on a healthy, balanced lifestyle is the most important thing and getting plenty of exercise and sleep as well. Those are the best things you can do to keep up a healthy immune system and best to focus on before you start adding supplements.
2: And then the other big, big, big factor for all of these supplements and things like that is the cost. And the safety. So, you know, even though it says, quote unquote, natural on something, if you're taking it in larger doses because they're saying that these higher doses might be beneficial, well, it could also be the opposite. It could also yield a side effect because anything in a higher concentration can also cause problems.
0: Well, just know our bodies can't absorb all those vitamins and they really can end up as waste.
2: Something that my girlfriend just said the other day, which is super important. And she's a physician also, is that Americans have... The most expensive pee in all of the world.
1: Ah, literally liquid gold. (laughs) (laughs) This is perfect because in next week's lab, we are talking to Dr. Alice Lichtenstein about vitamins and why our pee is so expensive in the United States. We're going to talk about the vitamin industry and we're going to be talking about what we need to be considering if or when we decide we want to take vitamins. I think one of the things that I feel like is really important with what Dr. Gupta was saying is that our immune system, our innate immune system or the immune system that we develop over time, it's not something that, you know, some people can help. The stuff that we are born with or the conditions that someone might have that can dictate a lot of different things so when she talked about the thyroid there's thyroid deficiencies where you can have an overactive thyroid and then that leads to other health issues like weight gain or fatigue or depression and those are all linked to your thyroid so I think These types of distinctions are important to realize. One, mind your business. (laughs) And (laughs) most of all, mind your own immune system and keep those things in mind when people are struggling with different ailments like diabetes, like lupus, like thyroid disease. I
0: think, first of all, you have no clue what's going on in your immune system until something goes wrong. Right. I mean, it is magical how all these different systems are operating and interconnecting and with so many different inputs if we think back to the things we've talked about psychologically Mm -hmm. socially how those things have biological implications the health you had at 15 is not the health you're going to have at 30, and it's not the health you're going to have at 60. And it's designed that way. Mm -hmm. So when people say, I'm at the best health of my life, that may be different than somebody else's health, you know? Mm -hmm. As much as we feel in control, we're not really in control of, you know, what's happening in our bodies. You're born with a certain set of components and you do what you can with that. And I think there's been a lot of conversation when we think about wellness that sometimes I feel like it goes off the rails about like, oh, you gotta do this stuff to be healthy. There are genetic differences. There are Mm -hmm. all these other things that kind of happen along the way. And I think we just need to be aware of that and that your immune system is designed to peak, you know, at a certain age and then start dropping off. And what those peaks and valleys look like and how often they happen could be tied to so many other factors. There's just no way to know.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. So it also makes you think, like, check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. Are you noticing anything abnormal or something that you feel like it happens to you more often? Are you getting sick more often than other people? Maybe that's uh, the perfect time to talk to your doctor about it. Yes.
0: Like we said in our early episode, protect your neck.
1: (laughs) Did you see how people were making fun of Kevin Durant because his leg was ashy?
0: Mm, yes. So, you know, that's social commentary, but that's also health advice.
1: Kevin Durant. Please moisturize your first line of defense. But one of the symptoms for Hashimoto's disease is dry skin. Is dry skin. Yes. So now I feel bad. Yeah. I mean, I didn't comment on the internet. Yeah, but we don't, I was we don't like- never
0: comment on the internet like that.
1: You were doing, doing one <laughs> of those. You can't yourself under yes. your covers. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't mean go out and start diagnosing people with stuff. No. Mind your business. They will go to their doctor.
0: <laughs> That's the main diagnosis. That's what I'm doing in 2022. Mind, mind your mind business. Mind my business.
1: It's none of my business. It's none of my business. Yes. All right, it's time for one thing. Okay, so my one thing this week is something that actually Zakia put me onto not too long ago. What? And it's Wordle. Uh, (laughs) Ah! Yes. So Zakia put me onto this new game called Wordle. I don't even know the website, but if you type Wordle into Google, it'll take you to the website where you can play Wordle. And what it is is that each day, there is a word that you're trying to guess. And there's like some strategy and things like that in order to guess the word. You get six chances to guess what the word is. I played it for a couple days so I've done two boards now I have been able to guess one one time and it made me very very happy and you'll (laughs) see people on Twitter on Instagram everywhere talking about Wordle it's very popular right now so I encourage everybody to play along. What's your one thing, Z?
0: My one thing is my supplemental textbook for this episode, which I just absolutely love. It's called Immune, A Journey into the Mysterious System that Keeps You Alive. It doesn't read like a traditional textbook. It's by Mm -mm. Philip Detmer. It has great images. I love it. I'm holding it up right now. You guys can't (laughs) see that. But um, (laughs) I just, mm, just love the way it's written. It's great science communication. I recommend it for anybody interested in the immune system. That's it for Lab 47. Call us at 202-567-7028 and tell us what you thought about this lab or give us an idea for a lab we could do later in the semester. We like
1: hearing from you. That's 202-567-7028. And don't forget, there's so much more for you to dig into on our website. There'll be a cheat sheet for today's lab, additional links and resources in the show notes. Plus, you can sign up for our newsletter. Check it out at dopelabspodcast.com. Special thanks to today's guest expert, Dr. Payal Gupta. Find her on
0: Instagram at nycdoctor, and on Twitter at nycdoctorgupta. Dope Labs is a Spotify original production from Mega O Media Group. Producers are Jenny Radelet-Mast and Lydia Smith of Wayrunner Studios. Editing and sound design by Rob Smersiak. Mixing by Hannes Brown. Original music composed and produced by Takayasuzawa and Alex Sugira. From Spotify, executive producer Gina Delvac and creative producer Candice Manriquez Ren. Special thanks to Shirley Ramos, Yasmin Afifi, Camu Alolia, Till Kratke, and Brian Marquis. Executive producers for MegaO Media Group are My Internet Besties, Titi Shodia, and Zakia Watley.